Previously on the Untitled Beatles podcast. Like the Beatles on the beat, on the mic, on the moon, yeah. I'm Tony. Yeah, and I'm TJ Shunoff, resident Dave Matthews band fan. Beatlesque bangers. Installment two. One, two, three. Like the Beatles on the beat, on the mic, on the moon, yeah. Man, I, I went up to a certain galactic cheese emporium, and I had a sample of meat that had been probably laying out all day, and uh, I suffered. And uh, I spent all night thinking I was going to vomit and burping up quesadilla. Well, let's check out some listener submissions, huh? Untitled Beatles podcast. First one comes to us from Dennis. Hey, guys. Dennis here from Central Texas. I don't know if I can squeeze a second song in, but if so, you guys uh, briefly mentioned World Party. Check out the lead track off their 2000 album called Dumbing Up. Uh, The name of the song is Another Thousand Years. You will hear the influences immediately. Think uh, Magical Mystery Tour mixed with a little white album in there. Uh, So late 67, early 68 Beatles. It's classic. It's a great tune. Check it out. How did you come to me? Why don't you ever say I see? You stole a fire. Now there's no one around to put you out. A thousand years of nothing. Uh, Dennis, listening out in Central Texas. Thank you. World Party. Another Thousand Years. Came out in 2000. Remember these guys? Remember? Well, it's actually one guy, really. He's kind of a one-man band thing. Carl Wallinger. Wallinger. You know how I know World Party? And before we get to this song, I would say Lynn Bramer, the great WXRT DJ in Chicago, did Mornings Forever. Yeah. Passed away of cancer a few weeks ago. It was like one of those days in Chicago because... Especially people of a certain age who listen to XRT is like the soundtrack of many people's, you know, mornings. Lynn Bramer was so thoughtful and charming and funny and knowledgeable. One of his favorite songs was um, a, uh, a world party song. Why am I forgetting it? Put the message in the box, I think. Put the message in the box. Yeah, they were cool. Band. I mean, I just remember seeing them on MTV in the very late 80s, like 89 or something like that. And their video kind of looked like old 60s Wonder Years, you know, kind of reels. And the music was, yeah, reminiscent, Beatlesque, right? To me, you can definitely hear Baby, You're a Rich Man, right? Oh, the vocal. yes. It's almost ripped off directly. Now that you know the score, sounds like sounds like now that you've traveled very far. I mean, it, it's... Very similar melodically. Yeah. I mean, maybe clearly it's an answer because he's using the same vernacular and the same melody line. And this is before the whole uh, sampling thing or whatever, right? Went but, down. Lo- yes. Lawsuits. But after the Fat Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hear that. Anytime we hear. 
baby Yoda, rich man. Anytime we hear that drop, I'm very happy. Yeah, I thought it was I, I thought it was really cool too. And uh, World Party's a band, especially since Lynn Bramer's passing, that I want to investigate a little more. Don't get this confused with Word Party, the Netflix show from Jim Henson's daughter for for preschool kids and toddlers. That was one of the first show we watch. It's not quite Barney esque. It is the most cloying, screaming. It's these little tiny baby animals teaching me things, and all they do is scream. Come on. <laughs> word Party. The party's just begun. There's a word for what we're gonna have. And that word is fun. We used to watch it all the time when my kid was like Ooh. one or two. It is a, it's a hard watch. And I love Jim Henson. His daughter, maybe find a new career. <laughs> Nepo babies, they'll make their own dreams come true. Thank you for that, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. I want to say, Dennis, I've been, I've not been to Central Texas. Uh, I've been to Dallas quite a bit. I've done gigs in Houston. Dennis, people in Texas, when I walk on stage, immediately hate me. I'm hoping that you're, <laughs> they, they do. I, I'm hoping, I can't explain it. I do well in every other city. Uh, but most cities in Texas hate me. Dennis, hopefully you listening to the show is an opening for me to finally succeed in, in Texas. <laughs> I mean it, Tony. They hate me. There you go. So Doug submitted a, where's Doug based? Hey, this is Doug Tabor from Bowling Green, Kentucky. I have selected the Elvis Brothers as sounding very Beatlesque. I remember hearing these guys on the radio in the mid eighties. They've got the jangly guitars. They've got the catchy pop hooks, the tight harmonies. All of that reminds me of the Beatles. And one of the band members even looks a bit like Paul, if you ask me. These guys were from around the Chicago area, so you may be familiar with them already. From 1985, I submit the Elvis Brothers with Burning Desire. Posters of the Elvis Brothers in the 90s. Like, you've seen the posters. I could not tell you anything about these, these people, but I yeah. always knew they existed. This song's called Burning Desire. I loved it. It almost has like a Dave Edmonds feel, and he's oh, very yeah. Beatle inspired. The kind of drum breakdown a bit has a little, I know there's mixed views on Mellencamp, but that kind of ROCK in the USA roots rock feel. This has a, a, yeah. a bit of that where the drum breakdown happens. I really like this tune. It's cool to hear a song from a band I'd seen. It's like Veruca <laughs> Salt. I mean, I know who they are, but I can't tell you Veruca Salt song. So it's cool to hear about the Elvis Brothers. What did you think of this one? Yeah, man, I liked it. It was cool. It was like, yeah, they have like a Stray Cats, like Violent Femmes kind of vibe. Yeah, early 80s. Right? That, say, that kind of, yeah, like Roots Rock meets Punk. 
Yeah, like a stripped down thing. Like the drummer just had like two drums and that kind of a thing. Uh, Robert Christgau, our favorite. Robert Crisco. Crisco, Crisco, Crisco. I am going to Mount Kisco. I am going to buy Crisco to bake a cake so I can disco, disco, disco. Robert Criscow gave their first album a B minus, which was a compliment, and he praised their uncanny Beatle impression on a song called It's So Hard. also sounds a lot like the Beatles. But not from Imagine. No, no, it's not a cover of It's So Hard. Okay. No, it's like a very uh, Mop Top era song. Good, because that's my least favorite track on Imagine. It just goes on <laughs> and on and on. Uh, yeah, I, I dig this tune. Are you thinking of Mama, I'm a Soldier? No, that one goes on and on too. Okay, okay. All right, sorry. Also called <laughs> I Don't Want to Be a Soldier. <laughs> Yeah, this one is great. The Elvis Brothers are great. Thank you for not submitting the Hudson Brothers. I'm not a fan of Rendezvous. Rendezvous, oh, rendezvous. Well, then DJ Ken in Santa Rosa, he's got something to say. Hey, fellas, this is DJ Ken checking in from Santa Rosa, California. I am going to recommend to you a Beatlesque band that I love called Jellyfish. They are wonderful, incredible songwriting with pop hook sensibilities and wonderful harmonies. I love this band. I am going to recommend to you a song called I Want to Stay Home. Check out the whole album called Belly Button. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks again. When you need someone And there's no one there There is always the night Take you out somewhere. Let's take the train in town. Like I did for years. There is only seven more blocks. I could walk from here. I wanna stay. Jellyfish, man. I remember this band. San Francisco yeah. band, 89 to 94. Kind of the drummer was kind of the front man. He was a standing drummer, and he was like up on the same level as the guitarists and stuff. And you don't mean he was a standing drummer like he was the regular drummer. You mean he was literally <laughs> standing. <laughs> right. No, he stood up. It was like a rare thing. Yes, he stood up. So his like, yes, yeah, floor time had to be way high. Because it's like Ringo was the Beatles' standing drummer, but sometimes you get sick and Jimmy Nickel comes in. So I don't know if this is the case. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've always liked this band. I've always heard this band. Uh, in fact, I worked on a job recently with a art department guy was wearing a jellyfish shirt. So they, they have this cult following. Yeah. What would you think? 
I thought it was really great. It actually sounds, and I mean this as a compliment, like it could be an earlier mid-90s solo Paul track. It's got that kind of production yeah. feel and melody to it. I know Flaming Pie was that early 90s, but like this could have fit on Flaming Pie. I could see that, yeah. They released it as a single, and the B-side is a live version of Jet. From Wings Over America? <laughs> Did they just use the actual <laughs> library? Yeah, they just put wings on. <laughs> it's a cross-promotion only at participating Arby's if you bought a <laughs> beef and cheddar. <laughs> you have to buy and eat an entire five-for-five five roast beef in front of the manager, and then you get it. Yeah, it's rare. <laughs> Literally. He's <laughs> laying. This next one comes from D Sticker. I don't know if it's D Sticker or D Sticker. <laughs> I think it's D Sticker. Hello, my name is Mr. D Sticker from Inglewood, California. And my Beatles esque song selection is Only in My Dreams from Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti. A catchy melody, jangly guitar. With lush harmony. It's a hopeful but somber song that could easily fit into the early Beatles catalog with its lyrical theme of longing for love. Thank you, D-Sticker, because this is something else, I, a band I'd never heard of. The band's called Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti, and this is not a cover, I've dropped this reference before, of Debbie Gibson's 1988 hit, Only In My Dreams. No. Um, no, it is. Thankfully, it is not. I heard that on the way to Great America, and then the bus broke down, and I uh, I didn't like roller coasters, so I just played skee-ball, and that's why I'm fucking great at it. Um yeah, and anyway, this this song's called Only In My Dreams. It sounds like a Beatles for Sale period track. It's got interesting chord changes, and the last chord in this was um, a surprise and awesome. I liked the song. Then I heard the last chord, and it, it tickled my heart. Only in my dreams. Or maybe that's the stroke or the Chipotle. <laughs> That's what Paul McCartney wrote coming up about is my experience with Chipotle and yours with a certain cheese uh, castle. <laughs> a galactic cheese emporium. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I dig this sound, the whole lo-fi bedroom pop thing. By Wikipedia called him one of the godfathers of chill wave, TJ. 
Yes, uh, which originally was a Jan and Dean thing. <laughs> great thing. I love show wave. It's about cars and girls yeah, and hot rods. misogyny and hot rods and <laughs> beating up nerds and surfing and slapping a nerd with your surfboard just because they're a nerd. I got it bad for the new girl in school. The guys are flipping, but I'm playing it cool. Yeah, I like this stuff. Uh, the textures, it's hooky. I really dig it. Me too, man. Thank you, D-Sticker. Now, down in Marion, Illinois, TJ, our friend Mike was listening in. Hi, guys. This is Mike, and I am from Marion, Illinois, down at the southern part of the state. And uh, appreciate the opportunity to share one of my favorite bands that I think most people have probably never heard of. PFR was a three-piece Christian pop rock band from Minneapolis. Um, they're incredibly talented musicians and songwriters. They have two lead singers with very different styles. But they sound great together. Their harmonies are really Beatlesque. This song is Great Lengths, and it's the title song from their third album. never heard of these guys pfr great lengths is the song came out in 94 uh pfr stands for pray for rain but that was the name of an instrumental group that did soundtrack work and they threatened a lawsuit so pfr they're christian tj yeah i mean christian rock i like sister christian rock (laughs) i'm kind of a night ranger at my church yeah, I thought this was a really cool too, and I love the harmonies. I like that there's a bell chime throughout that's really neat. There's a major to minor push, and the key is awesome and very Beatlesque. The string part is fun. The kind of process vocals with harmonies. But as far as I can tell, there's nothing. There's no religious overtones in this, right? Unless you play it backwards. Yeah. Well, I don't hear lyrics, so I'm, I don't know, man. Probably it's got to be in there somewhere. They're not talking about Doritos or what you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever snacks they eat. So. <laughs> I like this song a lot more than I thought I would, you know, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, I suppose. Right. Uh, Speaking of covers, they did cover We Can Work It Out. So there's that. But they called it He Can Work It Out. I did think that the song was cool. And as a thank you to Mike, I've sent him my copy of Fiddler on the Roof with the Cubs logo on it. (laughs) Mike's a Cardinals fan. Yeah, no, thank you, Mike. Mike's been a a friend of the show for a long time. We appreciate that. Thanks, Mike. And did you see, man, our producer, KC, he submitted one. That's called collusion. (laughs) Hey, KC, where's Hunter's laptop? (laughs) Hey, guys, long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) Who am I kidding? I can put myself in the show anytime I want. A uh, song that I've always found particularly beatly is Andrew Bird's 1111, kind of like A Day in the Life and She's Leaving Home. It's ripped from the news from a story about a boy killed by a window pane that was blown out in a storm. 
And Tony, in your Sergeant Pepper deep dish, you talked about how much you loved that bending string moment and she's leaving home. To me, that moment always evokes Andrew Bird. His band, The Bull of Fire, was a beloved Chicago band. And this track features backing vocals by Nora O'Connor, who's featured on the legendary Chicago Live show where TJ and I first met. It also has a signature Kevin O'Donnell drum performance. His playing's a little more jazz-infused than Ringo, but I think they share a knack for the well-placed, understated drum fill. It's a really cool tune. I think you'll dig it. It's off the 2001 album The Swimming Hour, and it's called 1111 by Andrew Bird's Bowl of Fire. What could I have done? What could I have said? Broken glass, lying on the floor looking dead. I really only knew Andrew Bird from, I saw him with Wilco once in like 2010. You and Wilco hang out and go to concerts together? Well, it's less all of Wilco. It's more me and Nels, you know. And (laughs) Okay, yeah. No, I know Nels too. Nels Klein Carter. (laughs) Give me a break. Um, But I'd really only seen Andrew Bird play with Wilco and... Andrew Bird and is it Sufjan Stevens? I get his name right? Yeah, sounds good Maybe to me. Maybe should link them together. They kind of fall into a category that feels a bit twee to me sometimes. And sure. I say this as a guy who's got multiple cast albums of Guys and Dolls in my library, <laughs> so I don't, I got my own weird shit. But this song in particular, I really, really like. It's ethereal, a bit like She's Leaving Home, which I know Casey kind of referred to. The bendy strings. It gets bluesy, it's it's sparse, and it's funny, the don't drink that milk in front of the window, the story in which it's based, while tragic, he's got a Beatlesque way of making it satirical and funny. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was totally trolling you with the she's leaving home vibe. Like- oh, he was. <laughs> he was. And it felt like the stereo version, which is a semitone lower. And longer. <laughs> and longer. And I, I do like Andrew Bird's 1111 in mono. <laughs> Well, thank you, producer KC, for submitting, you know, if you produce this podcast, submit too. You know, you're doing all the work. What did you think of this one? You haven't voiced your opinion. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was real peppery. Almost too peppery. I almost sneezed. (laughs) It was fresh ground peppery. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, I... I like Andrew Bird now. I was really impressed with his voice, and I think the verdict is in. Andrew Bird can sing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's so good. And then, so thank you for submitting all those voice memos. We also got some from Discord. If you, uh, yeah, join the Patreon, you can get on the old Discord train and submit stuff that way. Should you want to? Skylar on Discord. Big Monkeys fan she is, and she submits the monkeys me without you. I wonder just how long it will be me without you, you without me. We had a fight last night about something or other. 
Uh, she says, the fact that they haven't been sued for literally stealing your mother should know is bizarre. Yes, it is. This song, thank you for sending it, Skylar. Never heard this one. It's from the album Instant Replay, which is a big hit with NFL referees. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. He played it there. <laughs> this song sounds like the Ruddles version of your mother should know. That's not an insult, but it really does. It, it's... It's like that, and it just has, I like the monkeys. I don't love Hermit and the Hermit so much, but it's got kind of that cloying Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter sing-song <laughs> feel to it that makes me prefer your mom. I mean, it's as good as the monkeys were, as great as the monkeys were. It shows you the difference in songwriting and performance. Compare your mother should know, and the orchestration, and the harmonies, and the surprises to this. Not to anything away from the monkeys, but in terms of similar songs, Beatles production, recording, and songwriting are all eminently superior. Yeah, I like the little dirty guitar solo in the middle there. It made me wonder what your mother should know would have sounded like with a hot little guitar thing going on somewhere. There. George wanted it, and Paul's like, no, 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 you don't fuck you. I think that is what happened. <laughs> uh, thank you for sending this, Skylar. This was um, this was cool to hear, and I always like learning new monkey songs that are not on the 1986 album then and now. I always associate that with Hands Across America. Yeah. <laughs> did you participate in that? I did. I had a <laughs> Same shirt. Here. With like, yeah, with like school, and yeah, we had we held hands and we had shirts. Wow. Did you have to make a drive out somewhere to do that? No, I think we just simulated it knowing we weren't connected. I don't think it was meant to connect it. I think it was like, let's make these kids feel good about this and not tell them that it's doing nothing. Oh, it wasn't an actual, they didn't actually lock hands? From, no. Oh. We, we didn't. <laughs> Did you? No, I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> what, could you get away with Hands Across America now? No. No. Can't get, work. Well, no. <laughs> Not touching a Libs ham with that hand sanny on it. <laughs> <laughs> this was cool. Uh, did you know this? You're a monkey guy. Uh, a little bit, but no, I, I don't go too deep with them. I did not know this one. So yeah, thank you for turning me on to that. I'll check out some of their deeper stuff. And then lastly, at least for today, we have uh, Frashante also off of the Discord. He submitted Fastball The Way. loved this song since the spring or summer of 98. I did a 
Second City Tour in Charleston, South Carolina. We were there for about a month doing a festival called Spoleto. And I bought this single at like a record store in downtown Charleston. And I was uh, sad about a girl. Hashtag story of my life. <laughs> and I listened to this tape taking walks on my cassette walk man over. It's just with the single. So I just keep rewinding it. I walk back. And I eventually bought the album. I think this is a great fucking song. It's one of my favorite songs of the 90s. And Tony. Yes. It's the only song other than the original theme to WKRP in Cincinnati that starts with like the sound of an AM radio tuning and then pops into the full volume. So the, the AM radio tunes, <laughs> the first verse is done sounding like it's coming out of a transistor and then it explodes into full fidelity like the WKRP theme. Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. Solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. Very rare is the song in pop rock that's connected to that that theme song. I've always loved the song. Where are you with this one? You know, I thought it sounded like uh, my Delilah mixed with Rob Thomas and Santana. <laughs> no, no. First off, I'm going to push you around, and I will. Second of all, just like the ocean under the moon, God. That brought Santana down eight notches. Eight, <laughs> eight notches when they. Being like, all right, somebody get me Avril Lavigne, Carlos Avril. Nice to. Oh, you don't want to meet? Okay, just sing. Um, so I know you don't probably love the '90s uh, production of this, but I think the melody's so good. I think the chorus sounds Beatleish. I thought. Yes. I thought the verses sounded like a minor key, spooky luxury band. <laughs> <laughs> And now at the Bill Gates party. <laughs> kind <Please>. of. <laughs> what you mean? Uh, but yeah, yeah. A lot of people on Discord agreed with it. That's why it's, we're featuring it here. Frashante said, I always thought this song from Fastball was very Beatlesque. Plus, it's one of those sounds happy, but lyrics are actually very depressing songs that I love so much. Yeah. I'll, I associate the song with blasting it in the summertime. That's just, it feels like a, a summer 90s rock you know like i i'd buy this compilation at one in the morning on cd you'd blast it with that and a big order of uh fast food mexican higher tier food <laughs> you know what i mean i wish i'd gone to talk i'm tired of taco bell being <laughs> underrated bring taco bell back to the forefront <laughs> there you go <laughs> t-shirts pressed buttons pressed we're ready to sell that move that merch Although I will say getting rid of the seven layer burrito was a bad decision. That was my favorite. <laughs> and they're like, well, you can do the bean burrito and just add this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want what I want. Taco Bell seven layer burritos. Just 99 cents. Well, thank you for Shante. And shout out to Anthony Moore Harpsichord, who posts a lot of Beatlesque stuff on the Beatlesque channel on the Discord. Uh, we will definitely get to some of yours in a future. You want to hear some about Anthony? Sure. Anthony works in a grocery store. 
that Beatlesque? It's kind of a Paul. Lot, it's to, a lot of Billy Joel's Beatlesque, right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. It makes me sad that I started to play. Um, <laughs> I didn't play the greatest piano intro of all time, but I did start to play Anything Goes and uh, other bad songs. <laughs> hey, put the dog on leash, okay? <laughs> Have a Beatlesque banger you'd like to share? Make a recording of yourself introducing the track, 30 seconds or less, and email it to untitledbeatlespod at gmail.com, and we'll collect them for future episodes. I had a lot more, too. I still can't believe neither you nor I have um, uh, presented Cheap Trick. We're Chicago guys. Cheap Trick, maybe other than ELO, is the most Beatle-influenced band. I don't love Cheap Trick the way I love other bands, but rare is the time I hear a Cheap Trick. Let me take that back. I don't need to hear the hits over and over again, but rare mm. is the time I hear a Cheap Trick song and get upset by it. Cheap Trick's just a fun, beatles pop band to hear. Yeah, they're a great band. They're a great band. I really ought to get to know them a little more, to be quite honest. I don't know their stuff that well. Do you have Budokan? I think that, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. I bought that like in the 90s, but I don't play it a lot. They had a song that, uh, dude, every reference about old songs is about women. They had a song <laughs> in 1988 called The Flame that made me think of my camp girlfriend for so long I can't hear that song anymore because we would dance to it like at the, at the roller rink and stuff. I loved it and I loved her. And it's it's such a weird um, 80s ballad. It's not a cheap trick song. You'd hate, oh God, would you hate the snare. After getting in from the... <laughs> The verse to the chorus, the snare right after you be the first, you'll be the last. Goom, 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 you would hate it. Wherever you go, I'll be with you. This is the big hit, right? Yeah, Isn't the hit from 88. Yeah. No, that reminds me of junior high for sure. Yeah, that probably puts me in the same exact spot. Yeah. Pining over some gal, you know? Yeah. And you're like a moron. <laughs> Just like trying to like, why doesn't she like me? Let me think about it while I pop these 18 zits on my face. There are so many more other bands. Like I mentioned Fountains of Wayne last time. They have a ton more. I wanted to bring up Guster Prince. Prince has a whole Beatlesque album I want to get to. Cage yeah. the Elephant. Cage the Elephant is a great band that sounds very Lennon influenced. They, Ween. They're, they're an XRT Jolly. Ween, yes. Granddaddy. Yes. BC Camplight. Personal and the Pizzas. Personal <laughs> Pizzas. <laughs> Reach out, touch cheese. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 